Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face.
Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by a very special guest today. Here we have with us uh, Claire Booth is here to talk about her new book, The Achiever Fever Cure, How I Learned to Stop Striving Myself Crazy. Claire, thanks so much for joining us today. It's my pleasure. So you, sadly, were not face-to-face. Uh, we're not local. You're quite a ways away from me and not having to endure so much cold from uh, from what I understand. Mm, yeah, I'm in Vancouver, B.C. Right. And is it sunny and warm right now? or? No, of course not. It's <laughs> February 1st, which means it's pouring rain. Pouring rain. Nice. Yes, Vancouver. The place, uh, you, you can, what is it? You can... Is it swim, ski, and play golf all on the same day? Is that sort of what they say about uh, about where you live? Well, you could swim, ski, and play golf today, but your skiing or your swimming and your skiing and your golfing would be very, very wet. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> but so, you could do all three if you really wanted to. So bring some scuba gear and a raincoat. Is that what I'm hearing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's just particularly. Um, particularly heavy in the rain today. So before we get right into it, if anyone wants to learn more about Claire, uh, we can do that. Uh, Claire Booth, author, without the U, author, A-U-T-H-O-R.com. Check out uh, more about what what Claire's up to and why she wrote this book. But we're going to find that out right now. So so you don't even have to go to the website. You can do that later. So the Achiever Fever, what exactly is that? Is this something I can catch from somebody else? (laughs) (laughs) No, not necessarily. Achiever Fever is something that we end up producing within ourselves. Um, We can certainly inflame each other's Achiever Fever, and we we do that. But Achiever Fever, I think, is something that comes um, from within. And it's a it's a sickness. It's a state of mind. And when, mm. it, when I say sickness, it's not like you'd find it in a in a mood disorder textbook or anything like that. It's it's a condition or a state of mind where we convince ourselves that our happiness will be found when we cross the next thing off our list, when we achieve the next thing, when we reach our next goal. Only then will we finally find this peace and joy that all of us are looking for. So so peace and joy are found in the doing. Peace and joy are found in whatever happens leading up to the achievement and whatever happens after the achievement. The achievement itself is just a moment in time. And we, when we start living our lives intentionally and purposely and being present for our lives instead of watching our lives go by with our eye on the finish line, mm. um, that's, that's when we can experience peace and joy. Why? We'll experience that sense of joy when we achieve whatever it is that we're going to achieve but we'll experience for maybe 30 seconds, sometimes mm. in my case, 10 seconds, sometimes a couple of hours, and then you're back on that treadmill looking for the next hit. Yeah, it sounds a lot like a drug addiction. Well, I did a survey in my book, 50%, 50% of achievers say they are addicted to achieving. I was certainly one of those people. And it's, it's like a drug. It's a craving. And of course, craving can only bring pain because mm. once we do finally achieve or hit our goal or whatever the case is, uh, we need to do it again and again and again. There's no pleasure to be found in tying your happiness to achieving. Is this about, um, Claire, I, I mean, I listen, I, I'm with you. And by the way, congratulations uh, on the book. Love the book. Hope everybody reads it. It's, it's, it's not only is it a fun and interesting read and really practical, it's, it's kind of important, it seems to me. Thank you. Um, Yeah, I I mean, I and I think the reason I went to the congratulations is because this book was written for me. How's that? That's 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 kind of that's kind of what I meant. I mean, so you say it's it's always it's so it's always in the next thing. 
it's, it's, well, it's interesting you say the book was written for you because I got an email from somebody yesterday saying the book was written for him. Mm, nice. <laughs> he was a, he's a, a NASCAR driver right? and okay. uh, bought, bought the book a few days ago after, I guess, hearing me on the radio. And he said the exact same thing. This book, he feels, was written for him, always looking for the next thing. It's about so the so again. Let's get back to this because I love what you said about about the finish line and about being present and 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 we it's it's it really is when you're when you're in this sort of state as you say this state of mind um, is is it about is it about just being present is it about new skills There's going to be a lot of questions here and you can pick any one of them <laughs> Is it about mm, yeah is it, is it about how we define success or maybe we don't have a good definition of success is, Does it, do any of those make sense? I think they're all great questions and they're all asking around the same type of thing, which is success for me now um, is a successful day means I can look back and I can remember that day. I can remember how I felt. I can remember the conversations that I had. I can remember um, decisions that I made. I can remember how I felt. I can remember what I saw. I can remember what I smelled. That to me is a successful day because that means I lived my life that day. I was present and engaged and I wasn't as I used to be, you know, thinking about the next thing I was going to say when I was having a conversation and texting when I crossed the street. So, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't see the car that almost hit me and I couldn't tell you whether or not it was sunny or cloudy outside. In fact, I probably wouldn't be able to tell you the date. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, 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 so that's, I think a good, segue into how you open up the book and I love your introduction. Why, why are the nights or why were the nights <laughs> so difficult for you? Because I, I want to oh, tell you a, a yeah. thing that I used to do that sort okay. of helped, sort of helped. And by the way, Claire, I'm, I'm way more present today uh, than I used to be. My kids have helped. Elizabeth, my wife, has helped. My friends, the mm. community around me. I've, I've been practicing yoga, meditative yoga uh, for mm. a few years now and I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit more about that whole uh, silence thing. And by the way, your 10-day retreat mm. is hysterical. I wish there was um, <laughs> I wish there was some footage of that. But anyway, uh, tell tell me yeah. about yeah. Tell me about why the nights were so hard. I, I just think that's funny. I'm thinking about the, the what the footage would look like for <laughs> 10 days of what equates to 100 hours of meditation. And I'm a I'm a rock climber, and we joke about rock climbing movies being boring. A meditation retreat would be like the most boring movie ever made. <laughs> but you know what? A great um, film a great filmmaker could make it interesting, I think. Well, and David Lynch has actually made a film on transcendental meditation that I have yet to see, oh, but I'm dying to see it. Oh, you're kidding. That's fascinating. I'm going to look that up. Yes. Yeah. Well, congratulations, first of all, on um, realizing that you are more present than you used to be. That's wonderful. Mm, thanks. Um, but we go back to that question on the night. So when we get ourselves into achiever fever, um, three conditions often result. The first is anxiety. The second is depression. And the third is insomnia. Mm -hmm. And all three of those things, from what I've understood and what I've learned about my own experience, tend to fuel each other. Hmm. And for me, when I um, was suffering at my worst with achiever fever, the way that that showed up in my life was insomnia. And I would lie awake at night. I get into bed. I, I like to get up early in the morning because I usually do my swim workouts or climbing workouts in the morning. And so I go to bed quite early. And, uh, you know, all my, my back then my intention was fall asleep after maybe a half an hour of reading, 
and uh, up at 4.30 to go and do my swim workout. And I would turn my light off at about, I don't know, 10. And then I'd lie there and then it would 10, 30, 11, mm. 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Um, and I would just chastise myself all night. And I would literally scream at myself in my head, go to sleep. Okay, now, now, go to sleep, now. Like, can you imagine telling right, a kid to right. go to sleep that way? It's just, of course, it's never going to work. And the reason that I couldn't sleep was I had a, I had zero ability to turn my thoughts off. Mm. And it's not like they were big, deep, ponderous thoughts. They were as mundane as, should I do this or should I do that? This, that, this, that, this, that, this, that. And it would just go round and round and round on a wheel. And uh, so not being able to turn the thought off and then getting angry at myself for not being able to do that oh, and then wow. getting worried and then projecting and then thinking about what the next day was going to look like as a result of this crappy sleep that I had. <laughs> I mean, it was torture. Well, it I think the reason why awful. I'm laughing is because I've, I mean, I'm, I'm sure lots of people have been there, but I, I've been there too. And Elizabeth, if she was listening in, she'd be laughing as well or smiling at least, <laughs> you know, affectionately and lovingly and all that. But, but yeah, I hear that it, because, you know, it's a spiral, isn't it? This anxiety, the, and I, I find it interesting, anxiety, depression, insomnia. I mean, it, it, it makes sense that they're linked. It's, it's like the first world triumvirate of, of issues. Those three things just keep feeding each other. And it got to the point like, you know, we can, I can laugh, but it's a very compassionate laugh right. because anybody that's suffering from insomnia right now, I feel, I feel Ooh. for them oh, it's and I funny. hope that they can find what they need to help them with that. Um, and I mean, it got so bad for me, for example, that my fantasy was being in a car accident. Wow. I wanted to be in a car accident. I, I, was, I would pray for this car accident. And it, I wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt me. It wouldn't injure me you know, physically. And it wouldn't bash my car up because I didn't want my insurance rates, insurance rates to climb or anything. But I just wanted to be um, put into this situation where I could finally be given the permission to stop and right. sleep. Like shock, and they would just like, pump me full of drugs and put me into a coma so that I was wow. forced to do the thing that everyone else seemed to be able to do, but I couldn't do. Like almost like shock, shock you out of your complacency. Yeah. So that, because for me to hold my hand up and say, I can't sleep. I feel weak. I feel like I need help. As, a, as somebody that owns a company and somebody that needs to be perceived back then as someone that knew what she was doing and I was a leader, you know, the idea of holding my hand up and saying, guys, I, I, am, I am suffering. There was just no way I could have done that back then. And so it, to me, it, it took something like a car accident to, uh, to, to give myself the, the okay, the permission to, so, to, to stop. So that's that's. That's a great uh, segue into a question that I really wanted to ask you about, um, you know, the, the baby steps to getting there. You know, I interviewed uh, James Fell recently, and he's got mm -hmm. a book about epiphany and these moments of how you can almost mm -hmm. be intentional about making these moments happen in your life. And, and mm -hmm. for you, I mean, what was it that moment, moment, a momentary or uh, sorry, that momentous 
shock of recognition or do you think it was over time and the community that you were a part of the books that you were reading the films that you were seeing and so on that mm -hmm. you know you look back and you go okay that makes sense i had to go through all of that in order to get here or i guess what i'm trying to get to i suppose is about ultimately where you go to is you know the practice of this and and how to right. and how to and how to cure this it's not an overnight thing but yeah i'd love to hear a little bit more about that history so there were a couple of things and and these may start to present themselves as i become even more clear mm. um because there, i may have had awareness of a few things that i you know, subconsciously that I, that I'm still not yet conscious of, but there are two things that, that woke me up. The first was I started to become aware of this phrase, just going around in my head. I need to get out of my own way. I need yes. to get out of my own way. Yeah, I, love I did it. not know what that meant, but all of a sudden it was there and it hadn't been there before. It was like a, a guest moved into my head. Hmm. And so I just became aware of that phrase and I found myself um, once I became aware of it, I, 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 I started to see how often I would say that to myself. And I never said it in a compassionate way. It was more of, Jesus, I just need to get out of my own way. God, I got to get out of my own way. But I had no idea how to do that. Um, and the second thing that was the major wake up is when I got found out. Hmm. And what I mean by that is at my company at Lux, uh, Lux Insights, the market research company. And uh, we have all of our staff provide feedback on all of our senior leaders, myself included. And so each year, um, my employees are asked to um, give some feedback, you know, positive uh, things to work on, things to improve. And I was reading through these pages of feedback from my employee, and there was one line that jumped out at me um, from employees. And this line was, I know what kind of day it's going to be as soon as Claire walks in the front door. Right. I remember you. Yes. And that was my, that was my punch in the face, my temple bell, my kick in the gut. Busted. It was a recognition that busted. Exactly. Busted. Here I am thinking that I can hide having, you know, one to two hours of sleep a night. Nobody's going to figure that out. I thought I was doing such a good job of, controlling how people perceived me, how, you know, how I came across and this employee saw right through me. Wow. And that was the moment where I realized something has got to change because I was then in a position. I saw that I was a potential liability to my own company. Right. And as a business person, I mean, no, not on. How, um, so, so how do you get there? You know, how, how do, you know, you're, you're steeped in this, this achiever fever. You're driven by the to-do list. You're always in the next moment. It's always about the next meeting, the next email. Boy, I've got to clean out my inbox before I leave today. What are we going to have for dinner? You know, I'm not going to make it to the gym, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And Every... I'm going to beat myself up for not making right. it to the gym. Right, right. Yeah. And so, yeah. and so I want to get to this idea of this self-awareness and stuff, but how the heck if, because I bet you if, if I had stopped you a few years back and maybe not help me out here but if I had stopped you in the hallway and said hey Claire uh, and here's six observations I have about you or uh, uh, asked you a couple of penetrating questions I'm thinking that intellectually you would have said oh yeah David you're right you got me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but 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 there was something about that second moment when that employee said that 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 hit you in a particular way at that time does that make sense 
It does make sense. It's the conditions. It's, I think it's a couple of things. The conditions have to be there. Um, if you'd said, Claire, you really need to slow down. Right. You know, before all of this, you really need to just calm down, slow down. I probably would have said, F you, and kept going. <laughs> right? I, I'm, I'm better than that. I don't need your advice. Thanks right. so much. Right. I've got it under control. Yeah, I've got it under control. I've got it under yeah. control. Yeah. yeah. Like, how yeah. dare you speak to me that way? Yeah. Um, but a couple of things. I mean, my um, – the insomnia is – was to the point where um, it was like, it's not a rock bottom, mm. but it, it was pretty low. Yeah. Right? And, I, and I think that people need to experience something that is strong enough mm. to make them open to wanting to change. Um, that's the first thing. So that's the condition that has to be in place. You've got to feel strongly enough about wanting to make a change. Right, right. The second thing is you have to admit that um, things are not working for you the way they are. You're, whatever's happening in your life is not doing you is not doing you a service. It's not giving you what you are really looking for, which for most of us is this sense of joy and peace and mm. gratitude and. Um, and it's, it's just, you know, if your life is just not giving you that, the, the, the huge moment of opening your mouth and expressing that, if not to others, at least to yourself, first and foremost, but then expressing it to something else. Mm. The only way to get rid of our fever is to recognize that we're feverish in the first place. So that, and it's like yeah. any addiction. It's holding up your hand and saying... I have an addiction or right. I have a problem. Right. I need to change. Right. Yeah. Right. Because I have people asking me like, so what do I do? Like, give me some tips and tricks. <laughs> the top five things. And- I got to, I got to <laughs> slot this into my schedule. Tell me how exactly. I can put this in my calendar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't work that way. It's, the way I like to. Oh, by the way, Claire, it, the way you're going to become yes. a mil- the way you're going to become a multimillionaire, by the way, is is creating some sort of software that I can just plug this into. That that that's you know that's all I need, right? I, I wish you could see my face right now. Yeah, my, I, I've got my eyes rolled up and I'm just shaking my head like, <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I need an application for my phone. This this is going to take every <laughs> care of everything. Yeah. Oh, I know, and yeah. you know some of those applications. Um, some of those apps work, right? Like yeah. Oh, for sure. And for sure. It, whatever you need, but it's more about the commitment. And, and the way that I liken it is um, if you want to lose weight, you have to watch what you're putting in your mouth mm. and you have to be aware of what you're doing with your body. And when you become aware of those two things and you start to ch- make some changes in your life, odds are you'll probably lose some weight. Yeah. But it's, it's not like when the weight comes off, you get to go back to the way you used to be. It's a lifestyle change. It is making commitments and sticking to them and it takes work and achiever fever and dealing with that is the same thing. It's not a, you know, adapt this one quick little thing in your life and try this, you know, three times a week for the next six weeks and you're cured. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. Yeah. So if that's the mentality that you're coming in with, you're already doing yourself a disservice. Yeah, well, you're not probably ready for the message, really, are you? You're going to probably read a bit of yeah. your book, roll, roll your eyes and go, ah, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll get to that later or I'll, I'll read that next, you know, I'll put that on my things to do list, right? That's Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a, and yeah. so when my publisher first asked me what my target market was, like who is my audience for this book, it's not 
achievers. It's people who have, who achievement is important to, but they are unhappy. There is something about being in this achiever space that is making them unhappy. And they're not quite sure what that is. They're not quite sure how to change. There's just some kind, there's something in them that's, that's starting to question whether or not the way they're living their life is beneficial. It doesn't mean the thing of, with curing achiever fever. It doesn't. It doesn't mean that we stop achieving. Right. It's the antithesis of that. Once we start to make these changes in our life, we start acting from a place of authenticity and truth, and we are able to perform at levels we had no idea we were capable of. Well, and it seems seems to so, me. So if don't think that curing this is going to you know end you up as a slacker on a beach. Right. It's going to do the exact opposite. Well, exactly. A question I wanted to go to as we wrapped up in a couple minutes was, and we'll, we'll get to it probably, but in, you're touching on it now, but was, you know, does this mean I'm no longer an entrepreneur? Does this mean I'm no longer a leader? Does this no longer, does this mean I'm no longer the chair of a board, you know? Uh, and, and I'm, I'm hearing a big fat no to that. Well, it'll definitely get you to prioritize what's right. important. Right. Right. So, um, for example, what I've done as a result of all of this work is I have delegated the presidency of my company to my right-hand person mm. who is ready for that position, and I need to get out of his way so he right. can flourish. Right. Now, does that mean I sit around and do nothing? No, it means I start my next thing. But the next thing that I start you know, will probably be something based on what I'm writing about in the book, but I am motivated, I'm um, enthusiastic about it, and I'm doing it because I want to do it, not because I'm trying to prove anything to anyone. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head, too, uh, it seems to me, with the transparency and the authenticity comment. I mean, that's only going to lead, it seems to me, to, long, to stronger relationships, to better community, which which will feed into becoming a better leader of all kinds. And it, it, it feeds into being present and it feeds into being joyful and grateful. And, and uh, I mean, I can't even describe the way that I feel on a fairly regular basis now in words. It's just this, mm. this quiet sense of power. And I don't mean to take over the world right. power, but right. this, this kind of deep sense of like, I got this. No, that's fantastic. Man, that's amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. And it's not like that all the time. Right. For example, I was in Nordstrom the other day trying to find an outfit for a TV appearance I was doing and found myself thinking, I'm never going to find the right outfit. Oh, my goodness, this is all going to go wrong. Right. And then catching my eyes in the mirror and just seeing like, oh, there you are. That's what's going on. Let it go. Yeah, it's good. Well, nice. And it's just back to back to the basics over and over again reminding ourselves to keep coming back well that's the back, thing right back. it's it's the because because uh, you, you you know you get into such a, a habit and a way of life it becomes such a part of your sort of world view or it certainly does mine how do you constantly remind yourself of, of the fact wow hang on be present be focused on the the card game that I'm playing with my kids or the ping pong or the mm -hmm. film that I'm watching or whatever mm -hmm. it is I think there's something mm -hmm. incredibly uh, profound and, and wise in, in that so you just used the phrase let it go with the, the dress and looking in the mirror you've got a chapter called letting go let's talk a little bit about mm -hmm. that as we sort of move closer to, to, to sadly having to conclude the uh, our interview today but I'm just going to read something from your chapters quote the novelty sure. wore off 
on day two, and the retreat became sheer miserable drudgery. <laughs> I'd finish a meditation session and think, I absolutely can't do that again. Ten minutes later, I'd be back dreading the next two hours. I did this throughout the retreat, and I was immensely grateful for my sense of discipline. There were some good sessions and some bad ones, good in that they seemed to simply flow, and I would feel light and happy and peaceful, bad in that they were unbearably boring, close quote. I could keep going. Fun chapter to read. Um, very practical, but but really quite quite uh, uh, insightful on so many levels. Can you talk a little bit about the drudgery that got you to yes. this sense of joy? Yes. So this was my silent retreat, and these are... Um, these are called Vipassana retreats, which is a type of meditation. And I'm very careful as to how much I talk about with these retreats because mm. everyone experiences them in a different way. And I don't want to set anyone else up, you know, to experience in a particular way. Um, but when I first heard about these retreats, I remember it was a friend of mine. We were in the car. She had just finished one and she was telling me about it. And I remember whipping my head around and looking at her and asking, like, are you crazy? Why would you ever ever spend 10 days of your life sitting there, not talking to anyone, not looking anyone in the eyes, not reading, not writing, not working out, not working. Like, what? That's yeah. crazy. Yes. I'm pretty sure the CIA uses this as a form of torture. Yes. I, I mean, I remember just being absolutely flabbergasted that anyone in a million years would ever want to do something like this. But obviously a seed was planted and it may have been, I don't know, subconsciously, I noted my reaction to it and the achiever in me noticing, hmm, you think that's something you can't do. Maybe that's something you should try doing. Oh, isn't that funny? <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. Now that I think about it, I can see how that's probably part of this. And then a couple other people mentioned it over the next couple of years. And then all of a sudden, it became what Tony Robbins calls a soul contract. Mm. Um, and a soul contract is when you feel something deep in your gut or your stomach or your heart or wherever it is. You feel that deeply and you know it's something you have to do. You can't explain it to yourself. You can't explain it to others. But you know you have to do it. And at one point or another, that became a soul contract. I knew that this is something I would do. And once that happened, I never questioned it. I didn't even really think about it. And I had six months between actually signing up to do it and showing up to do it. And so um, a Vipassana retreat works out to be about 100 hours of meditation over 10 days. Well, that's so, a lot. I mean, you do anything for 100 hours, you're going to learn some stuff. Um, and I haven't found anything else in my life that has taught me what that retreat taught me. And it's now something I do every year. And, uh, it's, it's almost difficult to put into words because it's an ex like I can feel myself tearing up and, mm. and getting a bit verklempt about it because it's such a powerful, powerful experience to find out who you are when you take away all of your distractions, when you take away your work, when you take away all those various identities, who are you underneath all that? And that's what the passion and retreats teach me. Is this Claire? You know, is this this is a question I wanted to ask you almost right out of the gate, and and we, we you know having a wonderful conversation here. So, and by the way, we're barely scratching the surface. It seems to me, um, uh, I, I love conversations that make me rethink how long my podcast interview should be. <laughs> uh, <laughs> always fun. Do you think 
this is a lot about just learning how to be comfortable in our own skin, who we are, uh, you know, the sense that we are uh, successful, period, that we are included, period, that we are loved, period. Does that Mm -hmm. sound right to you? It sounds exactly right to me. And it's, it's something that um, is at the basis of, of most spiritualities, of most religions, is that we're all perfect to begin with. There's nothing wrong with us. Mm. We just start to believe through our upbringing, through society, through the thoughts that we start believing and the stories that we tell ourselves, we start telling ourselves that we're not enough. And that voice in our head tells us over and over again, I'm not enough, I'm not strong enough, fit enough, smart enough, fast enough, cool enough, whatever the case is, I'm not enough. And, and we move ourselves so far away from that perfection that we all really have deep down. And uh, we set ourselves down this path of constantly trying to fulfill this, this hole that actually doesn't really exist mm, because we're whole to begin with. We just forget yeah, the whole doesn't even exist. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's interesting that the you also talk about and I and I wanted to connect it to um um the philosopher and I'm just I'm blanking on the name of the book right now, but I think the line was something to the effect of I'll flip through it see if I can find it quickly here, but I mm. went on I went on holiday and when I opened my luggage I found oh, out that I Oh, Alain de Bouton. Yeah, I, I brought myself so along or much. something like <laughs> Oh, and I've yeah, read. I I've read to... him. I'm a fan. I just I haven't read that oh, book. Oh God, he's good. The art of tra- is it so the art good. of the art of travel? Is that it? The art of travel. Yeah, I'm yeah. Sure. He, he he writes these these beautiful books about work, about travel, about sex, about all sorts of different day to day mundane aspects. But he really puts a takes a philosophical look at it, and he writes for the general public, so they're not difficult reads. Right. They're just be- He's just a beautiful writer. He, yeah. That's there. It is there uh, in your intro. He had inadvertently packed himself. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just such an absurd sort of thought, but a wonderful uh, a launching point for this discussion about being comfortable with who we are. Well, and it speaks to that idea of escape and distraction. Mm-hmm. We think, okay, if I just go on holiday, or if I just meet this person, or if I just you know, eat this amazing dinner, or drink this bottle of wine, then I'll be happy. Then right. it'll all make sense. Oh, it'll all be so good. And of course, we do all that stuff and realize like, oh, I'm still here. Are there any, are there any things that you would, book book just came out about a week ago, available on Amazon through Indigo and so on, and probably at mm-hmm. stores near you. Um, mm-hmm. Any Anything you would even change now in, in, in reflecting back on it? Is, is there a part two coming? Is there, you know, are, oh, you, are, are, you, an interesting question. are you thinking about a workbook? I mean, or does that just pile more of the same on top of people? You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I mean, talk about practicing being present because I get that question a lot from people like, so what do you do with all this? Where does right. it go? Where does right. it lead to? Right. And, um, and I, I don't know. And I actually really enjoy not knowing. I don't know if there's going to be a workbook. I don't know if there's going to be a, a you know, a, a sessions or, I mean, I do obviously want to speak about it. Yeah, I sure. want to take this message to as many people out there who may be suffering so that they can at least recognize that they're suffering. If, if that's all that I can do is to get people to wake up to the fact that they might be feverish. That's, I mean, that's a, that's my intention for this book. Um, 
where will I be in a year? I have no idea. I can tell you I'll be in New York this weekend. That's about as far as I can go. You better, but well, actually, I was going to say you better bundle up, but it's supposed to supposed to get a little warmer, so maybe it, maybe it's not going to be too bad. So your your hope is to basically, essentially, get people asking new questions uh, about themselves, yeah. about others, about the way they interact uh, uh, every each and every day. Yeah, because that's how we learn is somebody asking us a question. And I had people in my life asking me questions, and it started me off on this path. So if I can raise those questions for other people, awesome. What a great way to end. I mean, this whole idea of practicing presence. I mean, what I love about a great film or a great book, great poem, great piece of art, whatever it is, it's about so much more, you know, that that, that, that meets the eye. And your book just touches on relationships and community and meditation. It's it's philosophical and fun and, and funny. And so I wish, wish you all the success in the world. We've been talking with Claire Booth today about, about her new book, The Achiever Fever Cure, How I Learned to Stop Striving myself crazy uh, oh and claire it's claire booth c-l-a-i-r-e booth author.com uh, to find out more information about you the book and and your uh to hire you as a speaker that's it yeah that's me fantastic thank thanks a lot for your time today claire i really appreciate it thank you very much david i really enjoyed it up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.